0: She should arrive today or tomorrow. Did you mention your desire to put an end to the engagement? No, I thought I would wait until she was here. It would be nice if she understood and offered you some help in that quarter. Mellory's half-sister, Elizabeth, was older than Mallory's mother had been. She had been married and settled in London before Mellory was born. But she had always been good to Mallory, especially during her mother's illness and subsequent death. Her kindness even extended so far as to invite Mellory to come to London and live. But her papa had quickly dismissed that idea. ''Live with you in London?'' ''I should say not. Mellie is all I have left, now that her mother is gone. ''Whatever were you thinking, Lisbeth, to extend such an invitation?'' I was thinking of Mallory, father. I was considering how lonely it is for a young girl her age to be reared in the country to grow up without a mother or other children her age about. Humberley Hall is lovely, but it is remote. It is also her home and her inheritance. Sir so William had turned to Mallory then and said, Well now, my little princess, do you want to go to live in London with Lisbeth, or stay here with your poor old papa? How vivid was the memory of the way she had thrown her plump little arms around her father's neck and hugged him fiercely. I don't ever want to leave you, Papa. Never, never, never. Little had she known then that in the end it would be her Papa who left. The next morning, Mellory was still abed when Betty came into the room with her breakfast tray. Good morning, milady, she said, putting the tray on the bed. Mmm, buttered scones. Mallory picked one up, covered it with honey and popped it in her mouth. Favouring each moment, she poured a little cream and added a spoonful of sugar to her tea. I have a letter for you as well, Betty said, handing her a creamy white envelope. Shall I wait for a reply? With a mouthful of scone, all Mallory could do was nod. She opened the envelope, withdrawing a monogrammed note from her closest childhood friend, Lady Rebecca Crandall. Becky had moved to London last year, following her marriage to Lord Crandall. They had tried to keep in touch by corresponding frequently, but even profuse letter writing was not the same as having her closest friend nearby. There, too, trembling with anticipation, Mellory's gaze swept quickly over the note. As always, she was anxious to hear about the gay parties or the latest gossip. She never dreamed that she would soon discover it was her very own name that was being bandied about by the torn. Dearest Mellory. I heard something at Lady Davenport's ball the other night that distressed me greatly. Dear, dear Melly, I know you will understand I am not telling you this to upset you, but rather because I feel it is something you should know before you set a date for your wedding. Lord Waverley has a mistress, a Lady Jane something or the other. She has been his mistress for some time now. Apparently, he makes no effort to keep this liaison secret, or to keep his mistress sequestered, since they are frequently seen together. It is rumored that the reason he has not set a date for your wedding before now is that he has been hoping to find a way to marry Lady Jane instead of you. Please forgive me for being the bearer of such tragic and disappointing news. Always your loving friend, Becky. Mellory's hands trembled as she felt the sudden surge of anger, white-hot and intense, that burned through her. To be humiliated in such a manner... It was as unspeakable as Waverley was despicable. Of all the... Oh! She sprang to her feet, fists clenched at her sides, and set her red coils of hair to bouncing as she began to pace the floor. A mistress, she said, reaching the windows and turning around. In London, no less, she said, when she reached the opposite wall and spun around. I'm probably the only person in the whole of England who did not know. She stopped sharply and pinned Betty with a look of inquiry. Did you know about this? Betty, looking quite miserable, stared down at the toes of her shoes. Aye, that is, I can see that means yes. And the other servants? I assume they knew. I believe most of them have heard at one time or the other. Suffering saints! Am I the only one who did not know? I am so angry with myself for being such a ninny. How could I have been so easily duped? She was not angry over Philip's amorous liaisons. He could have a hundred such women, and it would have no effect on her, since she did not give two tuppence for Philip with or without a mistress. That was not the issue. Of greater importance and concern was his lack of respect and obvious disregard for propriety. Having a mistress was one thing. Flaunting it publicly was Another. She knew she should maintain a level-headed coolness in circumstances such as these, but knowing and doing were two different things. Fists doubled, fury bubbling forth. She stamped her foot and let out a blood-curdling scream, its length equalled only by its volume. Her anger tempered, she felt immensely better. She was glad Becky broke the news. What better impetus to get her moving toward her final goal of extricating herself from Waverley's clutches and ending, once and for all, their farce of an engagement? Elizabeth arrived later that evening, alighting from the carriage and rushing into the house. Dear Elizabeth, Mallory said, hurrying to embrace her, I am ever so glad you are here. I wish I could have come immediately after I received your letter. Melory took in her sister's blonde and fair English rose coloring, so different from her own fiery red hair and brilliant green eyes. You are here now, and a most welcome sight. It is good to see you. You have grown into quite a lovely woman since I saw you last. Goodness, how long has it been? Almost three years, I think, since you were here on Christmas. Elizabeth shook her head. Three years? I cannot believe it was so long ago. She paused and looked around. Where is father? Out walking his dogs. Shall we go in search of him? I would like to have a moment to speak with you first, if I may. Why don't we go out into the garden? Elizabeth slipped her arm through Mallory's, and the two of them strolled outside to sit on a stone bench that curved in front of a stately elm. Please, tell me about father. How bad is it? Oh, Elizabeth... It is quite the most difficult and heartbreaking thing I have ever had to witness. Elizabeth listened quietly, occasionally wiping tears from her eyes, as Mallory told her about how Sir William first began to exhibit isolated incidences of odd behavior that had grown more and more frequent with the passage of time. When there was nothing more to say, Mellory waited patiently while Elizabeth stared off, reflective and silent. It is all so sudden. Shall we go find him now? Mallory asked, and the two of them walked off in search of their father. As they walked, Mallory took the opportunity to tell Elizabeth about Philip. Nothing you have said comes as any real surprise, Elizabeth said, when she had finished. You know, I never cared for Lord Waverley or for his father. There was always something about him, something I could not name, that made me uneasy. I remember seeing you as a child, so vivacious and full of spirit. Whenever I looked at you with your huge green eyes and red bouncing curls, I could not help feeling so much pity for you, and the future father sentenced you to when he signed that betrothal contract. The sound of yapping dogs and their father's voice ended any further discussion. While Elizabeth spent some time alone with Sir William, "'Mellory went inside and worked at her embroidery frame, "'her mind busily employed with the problem of what to do about Waverley. "'She had been working for about an hour "'when she heard the sound of footsteps approaching. "'Mellory jabbed her needle into the fabric "'and looked up to see Elizabeth come into the room carrying a cup of tea. "'When she sat down beside her, "'Mellory saw her half-sister had been crying "'and she felt compelled to soothe her as best she could. "'I'm so sorry,' I know it isn't much consolation, but I know how you feel. I know you do, you poor child. And to think you have had to bear this, day in and day out, watching the gradual ebbing away of the man we loved so much, helpless to do anything about it. I don't think I could have done it. You are much stronger than I. How was he? Elizabeth burst into tears. He spoke to me. As if I were a stranger. It broke my heart when he asked me if I was someone he knew. Mary patted her back and offered what little encouragement she could. Go ahead and cry. You will feel ever so much better for having done it. When Elizabeth was all cried out, and nothing but the hiccups remained,